the Bible, the book that has changed the world by changing lives around the world. Men and women, young and old, the Bible has changed my life. The love, stability, and hope that I need, they're all found in the Bible. The Bible gives me hope that a new day is coming. The Bible is helping me see what really matters. The Bible Live is a -a one-of-a-kind, first-time-in-history radio program. Offering you the chance to hear a 15 to 20 minute Bible reading each weeknight. The entire Bible, every year. Hear the scriptures, then call in with your comments and questions. This is the best show in the world. Well, actually, I was speaking against everything you were talking about before, and uh, now I, I stand humbly corrected. I'm a pastor, and our people really need to know the word more. The Bible also transformed the life of your Bible Live host full-blooded Apache Indian, born out of wedlock and abandoned at birth. Soapy Dollar was found in a big city alley by a kind-hearted fortune teller, then passed around to 16 families before he was six years old. Placed in a home for homeless and delinquent boys, Soapy Dollar heard the Bible's life-changing message at the age of eight, and the course of his life was changed. He's an American Indian guitar play it all around rodeo cowboy. I keep my thumb between the pages and my heart in the book. With more degrees than a thermometer and over 40 years of introducing folks just like you to the God of the Bible. Here is Sophie Deller. And here we are thanking you for joining us again for the Bible Live broadcast. As we make our way each and every year through the entire Bible, we begin our way through the scriptures in November of every year, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and then when we have finished the book of Leviticus, I think it'll be Wednesday of next week, then we will switch over to the book of Matthew and pick up there with the birth of Messiah just as we begin to think about the Christmas season. Uh, And in light of that... Hi, this is Roy Butler, Soapy's engineer for the Bible Live broadcast. Every week, we get messages from our listeners, calls, letters, and emails. We just had to share these words from Billy Dean. Soapy, I would just like to say thank you for taking this project on and for producing this wonderfully recorded Word of God. Your reading of the Bible is moving and powerful and yet so soothing. I love it. Billy, how have the Bible Life CDs benefited you personally? I've had difficulty in the past finding time to read more than just a few scriptures each day. Now that I have this set of the Bible Live CDs, I'm amazed at how much scripture I can get. It's so convenient. I can go straight through or or listen to specific portions for our Bible study. Soapy tells me you and your husband have given the Bible Live CDs as gifts. What have others thought about the CDs? Not only is the quality exceptional, but the price is too. The entire Bible for only $100, and that is tax deductible. I've bought several sets now and given them as gifts. With age, reading becomes so much more difficult. So I gave a set to an older couple who are going through a very difficult time, and they loved it. Their house is being filled with scripture now. I gave another set to my mother and father-in-law for Christmas. I wish you could have seen their faces. They were so excited to receive this gift. What a blessing it is to share the word. They were so thankful. Finally, Billy, as you know, Soapy is now developing funding to take the Bible Live to other cities across Texas and the U.S. Would you encourage our other listeners to help out by ordering their own Bible Live CD set? 
I am beyond delighted with my set of Bible Live CDs, and I know you or someone you know would be blessed by giving or receiving this wonderful gift of God's Word. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website, www.thebiblelive.com, or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888. That's P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. We hope you might give that a consideration this season of the year. Maybe you know someone who could really be blessed by having their own audio Bible, their own copy of the Scriptures, Genesis through Revelation, the New Living Translation. We'd love to share that with them and read the Bible to them each and every evening. That's a good way for you to be supportive of the Bible Live broadcast here in our city and across South Texas as we prepare and hope and dream of making the gift of the Bible to the rest of our nation as well. Now, Psalm 24 on the Bible Live. Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to Him. For He laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean depths. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in His holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. They will receive the Lord's blessing and have right standing with God, their Savior. They alone may enter God's presence and worship the God of Israel. Open up, ancient gates. Open up, ancient doors, and let the King of glory enter. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, invincible in battle. Open up, ancient gates. Open up, ancient doors, and let the King of glory enter. Who is the King of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. End of reading, Psalm 24. Oh, hail King. Psalm 24. Beautiful, wasn't it? It may have been written to celebrate the moving of the Ark of the Covenant from Obed-Adom's house to Jerusalem. It was used traditionally on the, on the first day of the week in the temple services. It tells us how to be worthy to celebrate worship of the Lord. We are in the book of Leviticus, but before I flip over there and give you a little bit of preparation for what we're going to hear tonight from the book of Leviticus, let me just reiterate a little bit about this beautiful psalm we heard tonight, Psalm 24. This psalm was often set to music. It was used in corporate worship. It may have been reenacted many times at the temple where the people outside would call out to the temple gates to open up and let the king of glory in. And of course, by the king of glory, they were talking about the Lord of heaven's armies. It is the Messiah himself, the eternal, holy, and mighty, the righteous branch, this promised redeemer. All through the Old Testament, there is prefigured and prophesied this one who would come to fulfill God's righteous demands on behalf of fallen mankind and redeem us, open the way to a relationship with the true and living God. That is what this psalm is talking about. Who is the King of glory? It is the Messiah. The people outside would sing how strong and mighty the Lord, invincible in battle. And then the exchange back and forth between the people inside and outside the gates And then the temple gates would swing open, symbolizing the people's desire to have God's presence among them. At this time of the year, we have so many Christmas pageants, plays, and so on. It's a wonderful time to reenact with music and drama the message of redemption, of God's love 
the Creator redeeming His prodigal creation. Well, that's a beautiful Psalm 24. Right now, though, we go to the book of Leviticus, and we pick up in chapter 13 tonight. A lot of things have happened. They're still meeting there at the base of Mount Sinai. Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, have been punished by the Lord for their direct disobedience to God in their role as priests. Moses is going to be talking about the role of the priest as they served as the health department of the uh, people of Israel, guarding their health on the Bible. Leviticus 13:40 through 15:33, followed by Psalm 24. Leviticus 13. If a man loses his hair and his head becomes bald, he is still ceremonially clean. And if he loses hair on his forehead, he simply has a bald forehead. He is still clean. However, if a reddish-white infection appears on the front or the back of his head, this is a contagious skin disease. The priest must examine him, and if he finds swelling around the reddish-white sore, the man is infected with a contagious skin disease and is unclean. The priest must pronounce him ceremonially unclean because of the infection. Those who suffer from any contagious skin disease must tear their clothing and allow their hair to hang loose. Then, as they go from place to place, they must cover their mouth and call out, Unclean! Unclean! As long as the disease lasts, they will be ceremonially unclean and must live in isolation outside the camp. Now suppose an infectious mildew contaminates some woolen or linen clothing, some woolen or linen fabric, the hide of an animal, or anything made of leather. If the affected area in the clothing, the animal hide, the fabric, or the leather has turned bright green or a reddish color, it is contaminated with an infectious mildew and must be taken to the priest to be examined. After examining the affected spot, the priest will put it away for seven days. On the seventh day, the priest must inspect it again. If the affected area has spread, the material is clearly contaminated by an infectious mildew and is unclean. The priest must burn the linen or wool clothing or the piece of leather because it has been contaminated by an infectious mildew. It must be completely destroyed by fire. But if the priest examines it again and the affected spot has not spread in the clothing, the fabric, or the leather, the priest will order the contaminated object to be washed and then isolated for seven more days. Then the priest must inspect the object again. If he sees that the affected area has not changed appearance after being washed, even if it did not spread, the object is defiled. It must be completely burned up, whether it is contaminated on the inside or outside. But if the priest sees that the affected area has faded after being washed, he is to cut the spot from the clothing, the fabric, or the leather. If the spot reappears at a later time, however, the mildew is clearly spreading and the contaminated object must be burned up. But if the spot disappears after the object is washed, it must be washed again. Then it will be ceremonially clean. These are the instructions for dealing with infectious mildew in woolen or linen clothing or fabric or in anything made of leather. This is how the priest will determine whether these things are ceremonially clean or unclean. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Leviticus 14. And the Lord said to Moses, The following instructions must be followed by those seeking purification from a contagious skin disease. Those who have been healed must be brought to the priest who will examine them at a place outside the camp. If the priest finds that someone has been healed of the skin disease, he will perform a purification ceremony using two wild birds of a kind permitted for food, along with some cedar wood, a scarlet cloth, and a hyssop branch. The priest will order one of the birds to be slaughtered over a clay pot that is filled with fresh spring water. He will then dip the living bird along with the cedar wood, the scarlet cloth, and the hyssop branch into the blood of the slaughtered bird. The priest will also sprinkle the dead bird's blood seven times over the person being purified and the priest will pronounce that person to be ceremonially clean. 
At the end of the ceremony, the priest will set the living bird free so it can fly away into the open fields. The people being purified must complete the cleansing ceremony by washing their clothes, shaving off all their hair, and bathing themselves in water. Then they will be ceremonially clean and may return to live inside the camp. However, they must still remain outside their tents for seven days. On the seventh day, they must again shave off all their hair, including the hair of the beard and eyebrows, and wash their clothes and bathe themselves in water. Then they will be pronounced ceremonially clean. On the next day, the eighth day, each person cured of the skin disease must bring two male lambs and one female year-old lamb with no physical defects, along with five quarts of choice flour mixed with olive oil and three-fifths of a pint of olive oil. Then the officiating priest will present that person for cleansing, along with the offerings, before the Lord at the entrance of the tabernacle. The priest will take one of the lambs and the olive oil and offer them as a guilt offering by lifting them up before the Lord. He will then slaughter the lamb there in the sacred area at the place where sin offerings and burnt offerings are slaughtered. As with the sin offering, the guilt offering will be given to the priest. It is a most holy offering. The priest will then take some of the blood from the guilt offering and put it on the tip of the healed person's right ear, on the thumb of the right hand, and on the big toe of the right foot. Then the priest will pour some of the olive oil into the palm of his own left hand. He will dip his right finger into the oil and sprinkle it seven times before the Lord. The priest will then put some of the oil remaining in his left hand on the tip of the healed person's right ear, on the thumb of the right hand, and on the big toe of the right foot, in addition to the blood of the guilt offering. The oil remaining in the priest's hand will then be poured over the healed person's head. In this way, the priest will make atonement before the Lord for the person being cleansed. Then the priest must offer the sin offering and again perform the atonement ceremony for the person cured of the skin disease. After that, the priest will slaughter the whole burnt offering and offer it on the altar along with the grain offering. In this way, the priest will make atonement for the person being cleansed and the healed person will be ceremonially clean. But anyone who cannot afford two lambs must bring one male lamb for a guilt offering, along with two quarts of choice flour mixed with olive oil as a grain offering, and three-fifths of a pint of olive oil. The guilt offering will be presented by lifting it up, thus making atonement for the person being cleansed. The person being cleansed must also bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons, whichever the person can afford. One of the pair must be used for a sin offering and the other for a whole burnt offering. On the eighth day, the person being cleansed must bring the offerings to the priest for the cleansing ceremony to be performed in the Lord's presence at the tabernacle entrance. The priest will take the lamb for the guilt offering along with the olive oil and lift them up before the Lord as an offering to him. Then the priest will slaughter the lamb for the guilt offering and put some of its blood on the tip of the person's right ear, on the thumb of the right hand, and on the big toe of the right foot. The priest will also pour some of the olive oil into the palm of his own left hand. He will dip his right finger into the oil and sprinkle some of it seven times before the Lord. The priest will then put some of the olive oil from his hand on the lobe of the person's right ear, on the thumb of the right hand, and on the big toe of the right foot, in addition to the blood of the guilt offering. The oil that is still in the priest's hand will then be poured over the person's head. In this way, the priest will make atonement for the person being cleansed. Then the priest will offer the two turtle doves or the two young pigeons, whichever the person was able to afford. One of them is for a sin offering and the other for a whole burnt offering to be presented along with the grain offering. In this way, the priest will make atonement before the Lord for the person being cleansed. These are the instructions for cleansing those who have recovered from a contagious skin disease, but who cannot afford to bring the sacrifices normally required for the ceremony of cleansing.
You're listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, When you arrive in Canaan, the land I am giving you as an inheritance, I may contaminate some of your houses with an infectious mildew. The owner of such a house must then go to the priest and say, It looks like my house has some kind of disease. Before the priest examines the house, he must have the house emptied so everything inside will not be pronounced unclean. Then the priest will go in and inspect the house. If he finds bright green or reddish streaks on the walls of the house and the contamination appears to go deeper than the wall's surface, he will leave the house and lock it up for seven days. On the seventh day, the priest must return for another inspection. If the mildew on the walls of the house has spread, the priest must order that the stones from those areas be removed. The contaminated material will then be thrown into an area outside the town designated as ceremonially unclean. Next, the inside walls of the entire house must be scraped thoroughly and the scrapings dumped into the unclean place outside the town. Other stones will be brought in to replace the ones that were removed and the walls will be replastered. But if the mildew reappears after all these things have been done, the priest must return and inspect the house again. If he sees that the affected areas have spread, the walls are clearly contaminated with an infectious mildew and the house is defiled. It must be torn down and all its stones, timbers, and plaster must be carried out of town to the place designated as ceremonially unclean. Anyone who enters the house while it is closed will be considered ceremonially unclean until evening. All who sleep or eat in the house must wash their clothing. But if the priest returns for his inspection and finds that the affected areas have not reappeared after the fresh plastering, then he will pronounce the house clean because the infectious mildew is clearly gone. To purify the house, the priest will need two birds, some cedar wood, a scarlet cloth, and a hyssop branch. He will slaughter one of the birds over a clay pot that is filled with fresh spring water. Then he will dip the cedar wood, the hyssop branch, the scarlet cloth, and the living bird into the blood of the slaughtered bird, and he will sprinkle the house seven times. After he has purified the house in this way, he will release the living bird in the open fields outside the town. In this way, the priest will make atonement for the house, and it will be ceremonially clean. These are the instructions for dealing with the various kinds of contagious skin disease and infectious mildew, whether in clothing, in a house, in a swollen area of skin, in a skin rash, or in a shiny patch of skin. These instructions must be followed when dealing with any contagious skin disease or infectious mildew to determine when something is ceremonially clean or unclean. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Leviticus 15. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Give these further instructions to the Israelites. Any man who has a genital discharge is ceremonially unclean because of it. This defilement applies whether the discharge continues or is stopped up. In either case, the man is unclean. Any bedding on which he lies and anything on which he sits will be defiled. So if you touch the man's bedding, you will be required to wash your clothes and bathe in water, and you will remain ceremonially defiled until evening. If you sit where the man with the discharge has sat, you will be required to wash your clothes and bathe in water. You will then remain defiled until evening. The same instructions apply if you touch the man who has the unclean discharge. And if he spits on you, you must undergo the same procedure. Any blanket on which the man rides will be defiled. If you touch or carry anything that was under him, you will be required to wash your clothes and bathe in water, and you will remain defiled until evening. If the man touches you without first rinsing his hands, then you will be required to wash your clothes and bathe in water, and you will remain defiled until evening. Any clay pot touched by the man with the discharge must be broken, and every wooden utensil he touches must be rinsed with water. 
When the man's discharge heals, he must count off a period of seven days. During that time, he must wash his clothes and bathe in fresh spring water. Then he will be ceremonially clean. On the eighth day, he must bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons and present himself to the Lord at the entrance of the tabernacle and give his offerings to the priest. The priest will present the offerings there, one for a sin offering and the other for a whole burnt offering. In this way, the priest will make atonement for the man before the Lord for his discharge. Whenever a man has an emission of semen, he must wash his entire body, and he will remain ceremonially defiled until evening. Any clothing or leather that comes in contact with the semen must be washed, and it will remain defiled until evening. After having sexual intercourse, both the man and the woman must bathe, and they will remain defiled until evening. Whenever a woman has her menstrual period, she will be ceremonially unclean for seven days. If you touch her during that time, you will be defiled until evening. Anything on which she lies or sits during that time will be defiled. If you touch her bed, you must wash your clothes and bathe in water, and you will remain defiled until evening. The same applies if you touch an object on which she sits, whether it is her bedding or any piece of furniture. If a man has sexual intercourse with her during this time, her menstrual impurity will be transmitted to him. He will remain defiled for seven days, and any bed on which he lies will be defiled. If the menstrual flow of blood continues for many days beyond the normal period, or if she discharges blood unrelated to her menstruation, the woman will be ceremonially unclean as long as the discharge continues. Anything on which she lies or sits during that time will be defiled, just as it would be during her normal menstrual period. If you touch her bed or anything on which she sits, you will be defiled. You will be required to wash your clothes and bathe in water, and you will remain defiled until evening. When the woman's menstrual discharge stops, she must count off a period of seven days. After that, she will be ceremonially clean. On the eighth day, she must bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons and present them to the priest at the entrance of the tabernacle. The priest will offer one for a sin offering and the other for a whole burnt offering. In this way, the priest will make atonement for her before the Lord for her menstrual discharge. In this way, you will keep the people of Israel separate from things that will defile them, so they will not die as a result of defiling my tabernacle that is right there among them. These are the instructions for dealing with a man who has been defiled by a genital discharge or an emission of semen, for dealing with a woman during her monthly menstrual period, for dealing with anyone, man or woman, who has had a bodily discharge of any kind, and for dealing with a man who has had intercourse with a woman during her period. End of reading, Leviticus 13:40 through 15:33. You are my king. You are my king. This is the Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. I know some of you listening to the Bible, coming out of your radio in your car or there at your home, you're thinking, what in the world does this passage have to do with God? It is a good reminder that now under grace that that God is taking care and we're not on a performance base. We're not having to jump through hoops to somehow be acceptable to God because he has completed the work of the Redeemer. He has paid the penalty on our behalf. 
And of course, the people here didn't come to God on their own basis. That was the whole beauty and the symbolism of the sacrifices. An animal was killed and died. They watched the blood flow from his body. So they knew something of the consequences, the destructive and even fatal consequences of sin. They looked through those sacrifices to God's mercy and grace to cleanse them and forgive them. And of course, that's what the Messiah is all about as well. Here we are talking about worship, sacrifices, no idolatry, and all of a sudden we're talking about skin diseases and contaminated clothing, houses with mildew, and even bodily discharges. How much more base and earthly can you get? What lesson does this have for us as we read the Bible? What does it tell us about God, about our lives? It shows that God is also interested in our daily life, not only our spiritual lives, but in our health and our welfare the priests here had these responsibilities for being guardians of the health of the people. They also oversaw a lot of the charity work and even the justice. Remember, the priests got involved in the justice system. The priests had a lot more to do than just preach sermons. Don't think this is so foreign to our situation today. Just today, I spent several hours with a man and his son who are in a bad situation in their life, helping them find housing and helping to encourage them. I do this so often, and the Bible Live has a ministry where we take care of young people, and, and uh, we try to be a part of helping with young women who maybe are caught with an, an unexpected pregnancy and maybe even undesired, helping them with the baby and, and adoptions and caring for children. It is not unusual that God's people will be interested not only in the spiritual matters of life and helping people become rightly related to God, but we would also have an interest in the health and the welfare of individuals in the homes and so on, and charity and justice as well. As we have jail ministries and prison ministries, God's people looking out for those who are hurting. I've worked in a leprosy colony as part of our mission ministry in Spain, mildew with houses. We have the same problems. After flooding, remember, we have to destroy those houses and stop that mildew from spreading because the fungus in the mildew feeds and promotes germs and diseases. This tradition of the priests and the people of God looking out for those who are hurting and for those who are suffering from illnesses and so on, that is our role today as we love the Lord our God with all of our hearts and our neighbor as ourselves. And that's why the church today builds hospitals. When Jesus healed people, as the great physician, he often told them, go to the priest, present yourself. So these things are not so removed from our lives and from our priorities today as God's people. Sometimes we Christians can be accused, and even rightly accused, of being so heavenly minded that we are no earthly good. And this is always a good reminder that even in the midst of teaching the people about God and about worship and about the sacrifices and the priestly roles and the, and the robes and the beautiful ceremony and rituals, there is this reminder right here in the middle of Leviticus that part of the priestly role was also to care for the practical needs of people, protect them, help them when they're down, help bring healing and hope and encouragement. And that's our role as God's people today as well, uh, to educate and to heal and to uh, encourage people, lift people up. And that's a good lesson for us on the Bible Live. Soapy Dollar. Soapy reads from the New Living Translation by Kendall House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your prayers and financial support are needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to the Bible Live Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 
18888, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday for The Bible Live with Soapy Dollars. Start today and in one year's time we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's word.